0: Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest, Nicole Bertucci, is the founder of A Simple I Do Wedding Officiants, which provides expert small wedding officiating services to all couples in Southeast Michigan. Nicole has been officiating for 14 years and has a passion for creating beautiful and simple wedding ceremonies. She recently added two officiants to her team at A Simple I Do, and together they focus on offering a personal and custom experience to even the tiniest of weddings. Nicole believes every couple deserves to get married within their own vision. Whether it's a simple signing at a coffee shop or an elaborate intimate wedding ceremony, She is always striving to affirm each couple's love and make sure their wedding day is perfect for them. Nicole recognizes not every couple desires to have a big and bold wedding. Sometimes a little marriage license signing with your closest of people is simply perfect. She has spent the past six years honing her passion to perform small weddings, becoming an expert in knowing just how to make even the simplest of wedding ceremonies really feels special. And another fun fact, Nicole has won the Wedding Wire Couples Choice Award for 11 consecutive years and is a not Hall of Fame winner. Wow, Nicole, you have a lot going on. Thank you, first of all, for agreeing to be on this podcast. I know last we talked, you were considering different avenues, but what's been kind of going on in the last year with you? Yeah, thank you so much for
1: having me. Um, Yes, so last we talked... <laughs> Funny enough, I was like, hey, will you take a look at my resume? Because I might be interested in looking at different avenues. But as it turns out, sometimes you have to look yourself in the mirror and realize that what you're doing is completely, perfectly suited to you and your lifestyle if you will just dig in and really take a hard look at it from all different angles. So that's what I did and came to the realization that being in a wedding officiant, isn't just a job for me. It is a passion. Every time I go do a wedding, I get butterflies. I absolutely adore seeing all the details and, uh, you know, just being a part of each couple's joy. And I can absolutely not give that up. Yes. So thank you for your advice in the resume world. It was well-received and I appreciate you being patient with me. (laughs) Um, while I took that little walk of thinking about, maybe I want to do something else. Well, and I loved it too. Cause if I remember
0: correctly, I was like, well, why don't you want to do this full time? Like, this is great. You have great branding. You have a beautiful website and you're like, ah, eh, I don't know. And I was like, oh. so I loved when I saw you posting on LinkedIn and I'm like, yes, you did it. I'm so happy. So <laughs> I'm so glad. How
1: did you get into this business? I did a favor for my little sister. Um, in 2007, she was getting married and she was interviewing some officiants and trying to find the right one for them because they were of two different faiths. Each officiant wanted them to jump through so many different red hoops that it just was frustrating for both of them. And she kept coming to me and saying, you know, it shouldn't be this hard. We just want to get married. And being the protective (laughs) older sister, I was like, you're absolutely right. It should not be that hard. You should have what you want at your own wedding. So if we swing back to when dating myself. Friends was on air. Um, And Joey performed the wedding for Monica and Chandler. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. So I called my clerk's office and I was like, you know, what did it take to make this happen for my sister? And they were like, yeah, you're just going to get ordained online in Michigan. I was like, really? That's it? That's it? (laughs) So, fun fact, it takes about 30 seconds to be able to become um, an ordained associate in the state of Michigan. (laughs) So I did that, I did, I did that. And uh, we sat down, we wrote a wedding ceremony that they loved. And then I took on the task of performing that ceremony for them. I will share with you the same as I share with everyone else who says, hey, my sister, my uncle, someone is gonna you know, do this wedding for me. I love that. It will bring a personal touch that no one else can do for you. Just know that my first wedding for my sister was a complete disaster. It was right. just bald through the entire ceremony. She's crying. Oh, you I'm crying. Her, you know, soon-to-be husband is looking at us like, you know, wiping his brow. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe this is happening. (laughs) We have an amazing close family. And so all of our family members are kind of giggling and crying with us. But it was not, I'm sure, the way that she had pictured her ceremony to go off. So... It was just a unique experience between two sisters and then, you know, 200 of our close family members.
0: That's so cute, though. And I don't want to even say that's even a bad (laughs) thing. I mean, you clearly love each other, which is great. Like, I love that. (laughs) That's so funny. When you continue to grow, I mean, that was your first one. And I'm sure getting up there was nerve wracking. Like, oh my gosh, this is like for real now. My gosh, but exactly. Now you're in this business, not me. I'm just going off of like what I've been seeing from like my friends and family and on TikTok and other social media. But I feel like smaller weddings kind of grew during the pandemic. Obviously, we couldn't have the big weddings all the time. But I feel a lot of people are kind of moving towards like, oh, I don't have to have the big obnoxious wedding. So what have you kind of seen during that?
1: Yeah, so I think the universe like tapped me on the shoulder about a year before the pandemic hit. I started writing blog posts and even threw up um, a domain, elopemi.com, with this idea of catering to couples who wanted a smaller, more intimate affair. I felt like it was a market that wasn't really being treated as it should seriously be. And so the pandemic hit. We were not allowed to do weddings for a period of time. And then we could only gather with like two people or four people or five people. And folks still wanted to get married. So during the pandemic, I met people outside because that's what we couldn't do. So we stood in the rain, the sleet, the snow. I was like the postman. I will meet you wherever, whenever, just to get you married. Right. And that's what we did. Oh, my gosh. And I saw the light. That light bulb moment went off for me where I said this. I've always loved weddings, but small weddings is truly what I want to do. So I honed in on the small wedding market and just found a way to meet people where they were at, whether it was due to a financial need, um, a need in their specific life in that time and moment, or a want and a desire for them. I knew that I could be with them in that moment and still make it magical and perfect for them. So that's what I've done the last couple of years. I've spent really marketing myself is that, but making sure that even though I'm meeting you in a coffee shop and we're going to sign your license and I'm going to ask you right there over a cup of coffee, the simplest of weddings, do you promise to love and admire each other? No. You say you do. Boom, you're married. I'm going to give you the same warmth and comfort and care as if you were standing up for a full 30 minute wedding. I want you to have pictures. I want you to feel loved in that moment. So that's really where I'm at today is that focus is there on small intimate weddings. Still do a few grand events in between, but it really works best for those couples who are seeking that and allowing us to guide them through the process to make sure that it's perfect for them.
0: And what's it? I mean, you obviously work with diverse groups of clients. I mean, like you said, the big grand weddings down to let's sign it. Our local coffee shop, which I love, and I would be so enthralled <laughs> if I saw that happening in front of me. What's kind of your approach with working with clients and making sure you know their needs are met, or you're making a specific ceremony or um, type of event for them?
1: Yeah. So you know, from that initial email, they fill out a quick questionnaire that allows them to to give me the basics of what they want to do. And then I'm really good at reading people. So even through your emails, I can see your desires by asking just those few simple questions. You know, are you going to have guests there or do you want a true elopement? What are you going to wear? Because that will tell me more than anything else. Like, Are you wearing the wedding dress or the suit? Are you getting fancy or do you want to keep it jeans and a t-shirt? I know based off of that question, which direction they need to go for each couple. You know, are we going to meet in a park and make it pretty and romantic? Or do you want it casual? We can eat over a beer and pizza. So understanding that right off the bat allows me to point couples in a direction where I think that will suit them best. And then always like just a quick phone call to say hello and ask them you know, what their vibe is that they're looking for for their wedding day. And based on my experience, I can then offer ideas on locations to meet, what services I might think you know suit them best, and then we kind of take off from there.
0: Incredible. And I'm so curious about this because I swear I've gone to, I'll be on my sixth wedding this year. I had five last year. I have four so far next year. But what are some of the small details maybe couples miss on their wedding day? Or what would you arguably say is kind of like the most important part of it? Yeah. Well, I mean
1: besides making it legal and hiring an amazing officiant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, of course. <laughs> going to start your day great. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things couples overlook and don't think about is creating time for themselves during their own wedding. Everything is always a rush and to get the pictures and to get their dancing going and the cake cut and all of those things that are necessity during your wedding thing. Build in time for just the two of you to step back and look at this beautiful day that you've created for the two of you. What I always encourage couples is after your wedding ceremony and after you've signed your license, go back into that getting ready room that you had at your venue. Just the two of you. Share a drink, share an appetizer because you're probably starving and you haven't eaten enough. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But really we sit back and look at each other and say those words, we just got married let that like soak over just the two of you. And it can be as short as five minutes. It doesn't take that long, but you won't get that time during your full entire wedding day. And then again, later on during the night, I know a trend that I've seen happening um, is a last dance, which I think is a beautiful moment after the guests are leaving. Oh, They're on their way out. Couples then do a last dance where again, it's more intimate crowd or it's just the two of them. And it's all about just Breathing in that moment of your wedding day and not letting it all slip through your fingers. And the next day you go, I never even looked around. So I think out of all the things, you know, the normal things, hire your vendors early so you get the ones you want. Spend your money on photography so you can hang it on your living room wall and love it for the rest of your life that most missed detail is just carving out time for the two of you. I love that. And I have not seen the last dance yet at weddings I've been to because
0: we're usually one of the last ones to leave because I'm a a night person. So that's interesting. I love that. And is it something they kind of like your first dance where you pick the final like last dance song yeah that sounds so cute that would bring tears to my eyes
1: exactly and I think it's like a nice close to the moment rather than like mm-hmm. plopping down in the chair and like oh I'm so exhausted thank god this tune's done <laughs> because let's be done that right. does happen I think it's a gentle end to the moment to go oh we closed that night
0: perfectly I feel like at the end of weddings, it's always like, okay, lights on, like kind of like you're getting kicked out of a bar. Like, okay, we'll put on closing time. The lights are in your face and you're like, ah, looking like gremlins there. But that's a nice little like, okay, now get out peacefully and respectfully. So I love that. I ask this, especially for people that are client focused. What has been the best and worst wedding you've done? You don't have to name names or anything or give any details, but if you feel comfortable, what has been like the top best or top worst ones you've done?
1: So I'll start with a unique experience I had. Um, <laughs> it was very early on when I was doing this. And I got an emergency call from a planner and she said, Nicole, we need somebody to step in. They lost their officiant. Can you help them? And I'm a sucker. I will always say yes if I can. I'm like, I don't want to leave any couple hanging on their wedding day. So I, I said, you know, of course, give me the details. What's happening? Well, it happened to be a couple who were doing a Persian ceremony something that I have never done before and felt very not qualified to do. So I'd shared that with the planner. I'm like, I might not be your person. I'm not experienced in this. I don't know what I'm doing. And she said, I will walk you through it. This is my culture. This is my heritage. I've got you. I said, as long as the couple understands, I'm happy to. So I stepped in, I did the ceremony. I learned the customs and the traditions that needed to be intertwined through it. Went great. Their last item for the ceremony was we were kind of in an upper floor in a building We were going downstairs to go outside to release doves. We go outside and standing there, and I get approached by the dove handlers who have informed me the doves are dead. (gasps) Dead? Oh, what? The planner has moved on to like the reception space, but she's handling like those things, the reception. (gasps) So I'm the one now who gets delivered to this poor couple. Everyone standing there waiting to say, "I am so sorry, but this isn't going to happen for you." Like, what? so that was just, yeah. Did <laughs> I know what happened? I did not. I told them because I put myself in the theater. Oh shoes, my god, I would not want to hear and the the dubs were dead. No, right? So I'm <laughs> like, you know what? I'm so sorry. There was a mishap with the dubs. They're not ready. Like, it's this and something that's not going to happen at this time. So we're just going to move you and your guest on to the next thing in your timeline and get the fun going, and it's going to be great. And left it there. Yeah, it was not good. Not good.
0: I would be traumatized. I would be like, this wedding is, or my marriage is set up to
1: fail. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Right? So I hopefully soften the blow. <laughs> look at you
0: pivoting, though.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you, you just, you adapt under pressure. Well, you have to have that <laughs>
0: up your sleeve. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. I mean, not funny. That's very unfortunate, right? but devastating. But
1: we can look back and laugh about <sighs> it now. Yeah, it was a good 10 years or more ago now. Um, but rather than like a favorite wedding, because... The last wedding I did is always my favorite. Oh. I will say my favorite moment at a wedding. There's two moments that always strike my heart, no matter how small or how big the wedding is. If they have not seen each other and I'm standing with the groom, I get to hear the audible of the groom or the bride or you know that person that's standing there waiting for their person to come down the aisle. I get to hear the audible of that person go, (gasps) oh. And that moment just, almost gets me to tear up every single time, every single time. And then the other moment is when I try to do something unique with my couples and offer them at the end of their ceremony, I say, please look out to your guests and your family and friends who have joined you. You are so loved and supported. And when they look out, most of the time, their guests will be waving and smiling and you can like feel the energy in that moment, the love, oh, my heart just like burst in that time. And it's seconds. And I tell them to take a look back at each other and remind them like, this is the moment you're getting married. Um, But those are my two favorite parts of a wedding ceremony. I think it was in 27 Dresses. That's where I got the, uh,
0: I think it was when it was like, oh, I always look at the groom or who, (laughs) like the other partner standing up there. Yeah. So that's always my go-to. But I'm only 5'4". And the last (gasps) wedding I could not see. So I was like, (sighs) I need to look and I need to move. But... (laughs) Oh, it's the best. And especially if the first partner down there is sobbing already. Like, God bless my friend from high school. I just went to his wedding. He's crying, walking by himself up there. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to start crying this whole time. And it's just like, oh. But hey, great waterproof makeup I have now because I'm a bipartisan (laughs) crier. So, like, if you're crying, I'm crying. Uh That's that's what gets me every time. So I get it. But yeah, it's such a good moment, too, because no one ever – like the partner coming up the aisle is always the one that gets like nobody ever looks at the one standing right? up there. So yeah. it's so true, but and maybe this is just the um, body language reader in me, but I always <laughs> like to see like oh, are they crying? Are they happy? Uh-huh. Are you going to make it? Like do you have good <laughs> body language of like who you think's going to make it and who's not cuz oh, yeah. I feel like I do that every wedding.
1: Yeah, you you can tell where there's some really inked people uh moments you know, they've had an argument before or the stress of the day, it's just stored and then you can feel it. And so that, again, part of having a good officiant, we can pick up those moments and just give them a pat on the back. And before we start the ceremony, go, okay, let's take a deep breath. You know, we're getting married. You got this. (laughs) Like, just this is the moment. It's going to be okay. Usa. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: No, I think it's funny too. And my theory, I mean, I think the people that are like every detail. I have to have this specific napkin and this color and this. I feel like they're in it for the wedding. But my friends that I would bet money, my two friends, actually, two of my very best friends that both got married, I had to like corral them into like, you need to care a little more. Like you're stressing me out as your bridesmaid and you need to care a little bit more because you need to do your seating chart. You need to do this. And they're like, I don't care. I'm just here. What time do I have to be ready? I'm like... All right, here. So those ones I would put money on. They will last forever and ever. Yes. But it's it's so funny because then I went to a wedding, not to sit here and tell you my wedding stories, but I love it. I went to a wedding where the bride was so upset. I think like some candle was missed or something yeah. like so small nobody would know the difference of. And she just had an attitude the entire time. And I'm like, I don't think you guys are gonna work out. Sorry about right. that. You're to missing you, but... the points of the day.
1: Yeah. Right. It's like ugh. No. When I show up to a ceremony, like the larger ones that are at a venue and everything, when I show up, the couple has already done their photos and gotten ready for the day, like they're exhausted, okay? Yes. And I can see it written all over them, nine times out of 10. So when I look at that, when I get there, I try to remind them, whatever happens from here on out is perfect. It's perfect. Oh. Your guests had no idea what you had planned and didn't happen or did. They have no idea. So what happens from here on out is out of your control. Let it go. It's going to be perfect, whatever it is. Right. If you can hold that it for yourself, I know it's hard to do in the moment, but <laughs> it will make your wedding so much more enjoyable. My three
0: takeaways are always, do you clearly love each other? Is it clear like there's love between yeah. the two of you and you're happy? Do you have good food? And do you have an open bar? It's really right? how I judge weddings. And yeah. that's really it. A- <laughs> you have
1: to have an open bar or just don't have a bar. Like that's the golden rule.
0: Okay. I have to ask. Have there been any like weird weddings or I don't know why, but I've had so many people that have been to dry weddings or just like really out there weddings, which again, that's fine if, you know, recovering alcoholic or anyone in your family. But have you had anything weird kind
1: of for some of the weddings you've officiated for? I think things that people don't expect, like we all accept an open bar. Okay. We all accept dinner. We all expect dancing, right? Those are the expectations when you go to a wedding wedding. So I always tell couples, if you're going to do something outside of the normal expectation, put it on your invite, put it on your save the date. Let people know. Smart. Yes. So they know going in and you don't get this weird vibe off of your guests. Like, well, why are we having alcohol? What the heck's going on here? You know, or like, why are we only having appetizers or what's planned here? So that when everybody, like they're relaxed, they understand, they know, okay, this is what we're doing. Got it. You don't owe anybody an explanation for any choices you make on your wedding day, but setting the tone helps everyone be on the same page and feel really comfortable and enjoy your day. It is true. I saw on TikTok some
0: wedding they were they spent the money the parents gave them they're in their late 20s on having mickey and minnie at their wedding instead of having an open bar and catering they did just like super basic appetizers and their guests were just appalled yeah and they're like am i in the wrong for this i'm like well yeah you are
1: because you didn't inform people right i mean the same goes for like a, there's a trend that seems to be happening with having your ceremony outdoors in the winter it's beautiful oh Ooh. <laughs> right yeah that's all the guest reaction. It's beautiful. Your pictures are amazing. But remember, your guests in less informed are not showing up in a winter coat with hand warmers, scarves and hats and gloves ready to sit outside. Even for the shortest of ceremonies, they are not ready. They are going to be angry. And I have seen them angry when I'm like, all right, it's time to sit down and get ready for the ceremony. And they look at me like, bitch, please, this is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I, mean, I don't believe you.
0: Right. Yeah, because I try to go with like always in a dress, but I try not to bring like my big bushy coat and my hat and anything because normally my hair is done. So I would be a little angry too. Yeah. I didn't know that. That would be beautiful to see though. Haven't been to one of those yet. Yeah, it's happening. Get ready. Put the coat in the car. Oh my gosh. (laughs) it's staying in there it's my it's my winter boots my hat my hand warmers got it sold Mm really kind of on that trend topic what other trends are you kind of seeing or what's been what do you envision for the near future maybe even in for 2023 for weddings
1: yeah i am seeing couples really searching for venues that are not the norm so i'm seeing a move away from barns which was happening for a while i do love a good barn wedding i think they're amazing uh, but I'm seeing a move away from what their friends have done and wanting something a little bit different and unique, a lot more outdoorsy, encompassing their actual personalities and attitudes, their likes and dislikes, and really trying to focus on making that the center of their wedding. So when you show up, it's like, oh this makes totally sense. This is them. I get this. Um and I like that. You know, I like that pre couples. The problem is there are not a lot of unique venues around. So you really get an dig deep and go to some different places to find those specific things. But I'm also seeing couples really start to focus on the marriage aspect of it and asking me if I do counseling and and focusing on, oh, yeah, we're having a wedding, but we really understand that this is our marriage. And Mm -hmm. I think that comes from the generation raising these folks, really teaching them like, you know, therapy is great for everyone. And understanding yourself, understanding your partner is going to be important in your marriage. So I, I love seeing that focus more on the marriage instead of just the wedding day.
0: Ooh, that's a good one. I didn't yeah. even think of that. But it's one of the things because I do have some friends getting divorced. Yeah. I have like equal parts getting married, equal parts getting divorced. And it's the same thing. And it's like maybe just communicate on some things. I mean, yes, there are some areas, but yeah, I love that. That's such an interesting aspect of it because I do get away. Or my favorite is people that think that marriage is going to solve their issues they were having ahead of time. That's my favorite. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot of lately. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you think are some of like the most overrated wedding trends or things that you're just like, oh gosh, not another one of this again?
1: Right. So for someone who does over 200 weddings every year. Wow. Yeah. I see the trends over and over and over again, right? So by the time I've seen my 16th wedding with mason jars, I'm like, wow, okay, that's a lot of mason jars we have gone through. <laughs> but what I try to remind myself is that it might be a trend I've seen 16 times in the last two months, but the guests haven't seen True. it, right? Not every guest has seen this trend and not every couple has seen this trend. So I always say overall trends are overrated. Don't go with the trend. Just keep it basic and simple and then add in a few things that are your personality. So the trend should be, if you guys love bicycles, then bicycles should be a theme at your wedding. If you guys love beer, then beer should be a theme within your wedding, right? So skip the trends, any trend, just forget it. Spend your money on photos and spend your time bringing in your personal aspect of your life. I agree and now more weddings I go to I'm like
0: not doing that not doing that this was irritating Uh this is stupid yeah oh my gosh I love that
1: I've seen couples that get away from like the garter tops and throwing the flowers Um, it's so awkward like I don't want to watch it's weird okay so I have been married for 23 years we did it at my wedding we were 21 when we got married super teeny tiny babies we were babies yes So we did it. And it was awkward in that moment. I'm like, why is my grandma watching my husband (laughs) take the garter off my leg? This does not feel right. Not feel right. So I think there's some other things, you know, that we could update and make it better for them.
0: (laughs) No, I agree. And even that same wedding I just went to, do you want to know how long speeches were? They were an hour and a half of speeches. We had dancing for half hour, 45 minutes. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, my boyfriend and I straight up just walked out. I mean, we were next to the bar and thankfully the bar did not close, oh. but I'm like, I can't sit anymore. I gotta I gotta get out of here. This is bad. See,
1: all of this points to what I tell every couple. Hiring a wedding planner will save you time, will save you money, and will save you stress. And all of the things that you don't wanna deal with, like your wedding planner, not a day of planner, like an actual event planner who's gonna do the whole thing, the best investment you can make if you're planning a huge gigantic wedding. The best investment start there. That should always be number one in your budget. It's going to do everything for you. A good planner will make your day amazing.
0: Well, and it's just the opportunity cost of that of if you hire someone to take on all the burden instead of you having to do all the research and figure it out yourself or parents being involved and saying, well, my wedding 35 years ago, this is what I did. And it's like now... I'm not doing
1: that anymore, so. And I see couples, you know, I see a lot of couples that are calling me and saying, okay, so we're in the middle of planning our wedding. We just want to get married now and we're going to have a great day then, but we want to get married now because we're so (laughs) stressed and we don't want to deal with all this. I'm like, yeah, okay, totally, let's do that. So I meet with them. We sign the license. They exchange like their own personal vows. They make it legal. And then on their wedding day, they can either have a ceremony that is fine. It's like a vow renewal-ish ceremony and then they really get to be present that stress is now gone they can feel more comfortable in the moment and i always encourage couples that not just because they focus on small weddings but i think a lot of couples want to be part of their cocktail hour they want to be part of the dancing they want to be part oh, of everything oh yes right so in order to be part of all of those things one way to do that is to do an elopement anytime before your wedding day let's meet So this trend of like couples sharing their vows before they get married on their wedding day, right? You'll see pictures of them reading their vows to each other before their ceremony. It's really cute. But like you have an option to actually make it legal. So like months before your wedding, anytime you want to meet up with me or any officiant that you choose, exchange your vows, sign your license, get married. And then on your actual wedding day, you can be present. You don't have to have a full ceremony. I say Doing it all over again, I'd elope, and they'd have an amazing party where I am at the cocktail hour, I am on the dance floor, I am not being timed away for two thousand and one photos. Ugh. I'm going to make it all about my partner and myself, and what we really want it to be that day. I never even
0: thought of it to get eloped for that exact reason because I agree, and you get the hellos out of the way honestly too with the cocktail hour. If you have, you know, a huge wedding, I mean, I have. Both sides of my family, being Italian and Middle Eastern, it's huge. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so it's nonstop. And if I do end up having a giant wedding one day, it'll be never ending. So that's a great idea. I really like that. Yeah. And funny enough, I've had, I think, two or three of my friends that have done that. One was for insurance purposes years ago because he was turning 26 to get on her insurance and not have to pay for it himself. Other one was just like, our wedding's too big. I don't want to deal with a long reception. And uh. none of them told any of their family, but all the friends knew. So yeah. it's kind of funny. And they're like, we never again will have that moment just to ourselves. Exactly. Yeah, no. I love that. I've never even thought of that. I think too a lot of these, oh, well, it's been done this way, or I should do it this way because this is what so and so wants. It's like, well, what do you want? I mean... If you don't want to wear white, don't wear white. If you don't want to do this, don't do that. I mean, I'll get off my soapbox
1: now. <laughs> and no, you're right. There is so much freedom in couples getting to choose what they want to do for their wedding day now. And I think more and more folks are realizing that, you know, even if your yes. parents are chipping in or paying for the wedding, there's a way to handle it, but you still get a voice and you still get to do what you want to do for your wedding day because that's so important.
0: On that topic, because I didn't even think of that. What are some good tips you have on kind of navigating that conversation? Or I've had lots of people say, well, my parents are chipping in, so they want to invite extra people, Mm. or they want it this way. What's kind of your advice on that? So
1: I think you have to set the tone right up front. You have to sit down. If your parents have offered to pay, any of the parents or guardians have offered to pay for part or all of your wedding first conversation. You can sit down with them and say, thank you so much for your generous offer what are your expectations attached to this money? Ooh, simple and easy. Right? What are your expectations attached to this money? And give them an opportunity. They may not know at that specific moment. Say, you know what? Just think about it. We'll meet again for dinner next week and we can kind of talk through that. And if you take the lead and you understand their expectations up front, you can decide if you want to live up to those expectations. So now the ball is in your court to say, Hey, I really think it's great that you expect to make the choice on the guest list, but that doesn't align with what we want for our wedding. So are you okay if we do it this way and you're still going to pay for it? Because if you're not okay, that's fine. We'll just have a wedding day that's within our own budget and we're happy to pay for it. So simple. So I think you have to be willing to take their money off the table Mm -hmm. and pay for it yourself so that you can make all the decisions your way but I think it opens the conversation, right? So everything's right up front day one. This is what you've done. Your expectations Where we talked about it. This is what we're comfortable with. And now there's no arguing. Like we've had the conversation. We know what we're doing.
0: Ooh, I like that. I get this all the time. I've stood up in weddings and maybe I'm just salty about it, but I feel like it's just so ridiculous and how much it costs to stand up in a wedding now. Yeah. Now, I've seen people kind of do no groomsmen, bridesmaids or no bridal party or just like a best man and maid of honor. But what are your thoughts on how maybe brides, grooms, whoever, different partners can kind of set those expectations for their bridal party? Because sometimes they are definitely not set.
1: Yeah, I have big feelings when it comes to um yes, let's hear them. standing up for you at your wedding day. My unpopular opinion maybe is that you should have one person on each side for each partner standing with you that is it you need one person to stand there so if you're wearing a dress they can help you fix your dress and if you're holding flowers hold your flowers it's nice to feel that support of your person next to you there to help you so I think that is honestly all that you need it's nice to have that person there. If you grow from there and you have more folks standing up with you, I think it's important, again, from day one to say, will you be a part of my wedding? And in being a part of my wedding, this is what I need help with. I'm going to ask you to help do this, this, and this. I, in turn, will help pay for this, this, and this, right? I don't think the expectation should fall on your wedding party to pay for an outfit, pay for their hair, pay for their makeup, pay to attend the shower, pay to attend the bachelor or bachelorette party. That is so much money. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody is focused on the Instagram worthy part of it, that it becomes more and more and more money. So again, having an open, honest conversation with the folks that you want to stand up with you to say, I want to go out of state for my party and I want to have a huge shower and This is the kind of dress I'm thinking and it's within this budget. Does that suit you? Can you hang with all of that? And if not, no hard feeling. I just want you to know that I love you enough to say, will you stand up with me? But also this is the cost involved. (laughs) I love you enough to give you all of the information up front. And I love you enough that if you say no, we are going to have the best time on the dance floor regardless. Because that shows that you really do love these people enough to say like, that's a lot of money. You don't have to do it. Or you have one person on each side, and they can then pick the clothing that suits them best. And you can choose to do hair or makeup and all of these things. And the cost is just smaller. And honestly, you have less stress during your wedding day, too, because wrangling. This comes from a girl, by the way, who had eight people on each side for their wedding. OK, oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's less people to wrangle, less people to try to get together for photos, less people to find a role for everybody to do and feel comfortable with. And is there enough room for them to stand during this ceremony? So all of these things kind of come into play um, when you choose to have a large bridal party. All of that being said, obviously, each couple is going to do what feels best for them. Just be prepared for it and give all the information up front. I had the one I
0: stood up with friend from high school. She found a dress, David's Bridal. It was the simplest burgundy. I've reworn the dress. It's so simple. And she's like, hey, there's a sale this weekend. It's 80 bucks. Sweet. I can swing 80 bucks. (laughs) They did a joint. Because they had, they met in college. So they had a lot of like groomsmen and bridesmaids that everyone was friends with each other. So, like, well, yeah. I want to all hang out. I don't like your bachelor party and your uh, <laughs> bachelorette party. Like, that's not fair. I want to hang out with them too. So they did a joint one. Everyone chipped in 50 bucks and then you bought yeah. your own drinks and that paid for dinner. And I think in total, I spent like 300 bucks, 400 bucks. Yeah. It was awesome. I'm like, sold, we'll do that. Right. Then, second wedding, we spent $1,400, aye, aye, aye. which was the same amount I paid to go to Mexico for one of my employees' weddings for five days, all inclusive resort. Oh, um. my goodness. Yep. So. I love your opinion on that (laughs) because I agree. I'm just like, I either need less friends or you need to set that expectation. But how do you say no? It's so hard to, especially, but. Because then the person after you is going to say, right? They're going to say it up front. Like, I love you. No is perfectly acceptable. Right. It's okay. Now, as we finish up here, well, first of all, if someone listening that wants to work with you, how can, where can they find you? Do you offer free consultations? What's that kind of look like? So
1: really simple version in Google, a simple idea would come up pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yes, yo. Awesome. But simpleidu.com is our website. There's a contact form on there. Fill that out. I'll get your email or respond within 24 hours. And we'll set up that initial call to kind of dive in and figure out what you truly want for your wedding day. Even if you don't know, we'll help you figure it out. Amazing.
0: And then last but not least, any advice for listeners?
1: Yes. My advice is if you are thinking about getting married or thinking about planning your wedding or in the midst of planning your wedding, take a deep breath. Remember that at the end of the day, whatever happens, you will be legally married. As long as you have your marriage license and an officiant, everything else is icing on the cake. Ooh, I love that. That was great. (laughs) Nicole,
0: this was so much fun. That was so quick of an episode, but thank you so much for all your insight and telling us all these stories. For those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. And remember, if you're unhappy in your job situation or thinking about starting a business, contact us at www.theresumerescue.com for a free consultation. Thank you.